I'm Nicole Matthews, corporate America dropout turned entrepreneur and owner of The Henley Company, an event travel and lifestyle management firm. It wasn't that long ago that I was dreading my drive to my fancy corporate job each day or felt disenfranchised with the work I was doing. In 2007, I jumped off the corporate escalator and directly into the elevator of opportunity. Today, I'm an author, speaker, educator, and serial asker. I wholeheartedly believe that your life changes when you start creating your own opportunities and making big asks. Hands down, the business and life I have today is 100% the product of giving myself permission to design the life I want to live. It was always my dream to work at the Olympics, and by making a big ask, that dream became a reality. I now have multiple Olympic projects to add to my life resume. I created the Big Ass Podcast to share these best practices with you. Whether you're an entrepreneur hungry for revenue generating tips or an individual restless to make a significant change, the life you want to live could be just one big ask away. Get ready to be entertained by real life stories, no filter conversations, and inspired by the daily hustle. So let's get started. This is the Big Ass Podcast. Everybody and welcome back to the Big Ass Podcast. I'm Nicole Matthews, and I'm thrilled today to be joining um, a new friend and colleague, uh, Carrie Abernathy. And when I tell you her bio, you are literally going to be like, when does this girl sleep? She's incredible. First of all, in our industry, we have um, we have some acronyms or, or some designations that we put at the end of our name. And you have an alphabet soup. So I'm super impressed with that. So Carrie Abernathy, CMP, CEM, CSCP. Girl, you have literally been studying up a storm, I think, for the last couple of years, earning those industry designations. So we're going to talk about that. Um, she is definitely a woman with drive. She's the co-founder of the Association for Women in Events. She's currently the lead meeting planner for the industry engagement team at Altria Group Distribution Company. Additionally, Carrie runs the blog, A Woman with Drive, that ties in her love of all things golf and leadership together. And it's a beautiful website. I highly recommend that you uh, check that out. Every Monday, Carrie co-hosts the TopCast series events from Black to White, a discussion on equality in the events industry with her colleague, Derek Johnson. She's the founder of the events Industry Sexual Harassment Task Force, a committee that is now being led by the Events Industry Council. And for 15 years, Carrie has enjoyed working with the meetings and events world and connecting with others. And on and on and on and on and on. So Carrie, um, coming to uh, coming to the Big Ass Podcast from the East Coast today. So welcome from the East Coast. I'm in the on the West Coast. So a big uh, good morning and hello to you, Carrie. Well, thank you so much for having me. And now we have nothing to talk about because you literally, <laughs> you literally said it all. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And then that's probably just on Mondays that you do that, right? Like what's yeah. the rest of your week look like? Exactly. So, um, so give us the, you know, the, the quick and dirty story beyond what, um, what I said in your bio there, but how did you find your way into the events industry? Um, is that something that you started your career in or did you transition into that industry as you were in your career? Yeah, I always love telling the story and hearing other people's journeys because I don't think any of us really started out in the events industry <laughs> or knew that's the path that we were going to end up. And then all of a sudden we're lifers, right? Mm -hmm. um, I was studying psychology and was going to be a clinical psychologist. Um, I also was planning a lot of my dorm events and social events and that sort of thing. Um, and I had a, a just a friend approached me and say, you know, you'd be a really good like event planner. And I was like, yeah, that's not a job, but thanks. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it turns out here we are, right. It is a, it is a real thing. Um, so I ended up switching gears like my junior year. I studied events, um, the meetings industry, um, in Australia actually for a year. Oh, very cool. Yeah, which was awesome and eye-opening and totally fun. And then I came back and I was so lucky I got picked up right away at a job fair and um, started. So I started in events, right? Like right out of college um, after I found my path, found my way. And I was producing shows for the FBI, DIA, CIA, all of the military bases, NASA at 23, 24 years Amazing. Old. How fun. Good <laughs> stories. Um, I guess yeah. they knew they could pay me a little bit of nothing and I'd work really hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know what? After about a year and a half, like I was totally burned out, which is crazy, right? But they, they tend to do that. 
and and that happens in the media industry so often. So I switched gears a little bit, like just for a year. I went business development for a year, and then I was like, "What the heck did I do? I love events. Have to get back in." And I've been in ever since. So over fifteen years now um, in the uh, medical field, in associations for ten years, and back to corporate now, and everything in between. But always mm-hmm. in the like meeting planner role. Okay. Okay. Great. So tell us something that might surprise us about you. If we, you know, since we don't, we don't, I don't know you all that well. So tell me something that would surprise me. This, this really might surprise you since we're new friends. Um, I was in DC for 10 years and um, again, like started to burn out a little bit and decided to kind of take control of my life by um, selling everything, giving away everything else. Like literally just had um, a suitcase and my cat and bought a yacht, moved to San Diego, lived on a yacht in the harbor, became a captain of my boat. I have three captain's licenses Um, and worked on the boat as an event planner. And I have been remote ever since. I've been remotely working for three different organizations over the last eight years. Totally took control over that aspect of my life. I was like, I'm done with the office. I'm done with the commute. I'm done with it. I went a little extreme with the boat. But as you can see, I'm back in a, you know, a physical office now in my home. But um, yeah, just that, I think that's a really fun one. That is a great story. And I'm sure there's more stories. Like there's so many little idiosyncrasies to that story, which would be fun to have a glass of wine with you and hear all of those one day. So, well, good for you. I love that, that you were like, you know what, I'm going to give myself permission to get off the hamster wheel of the, you know, as I like to say in my book that I wrote called permission, it's, I always talk about like the shoulds, right? Like you should just stay in corporate America. You should, you should, you should. And then you were like, nope, we're, we're going to, we're going to take that should in another direction. So that's, exactly that's amazing. Right. I have Good for always you. sort of just grabbed life the way I want it and I've done it my way. And I think it scared a lot of people, especially my family <laughs> along the way, but I've always seemed to land on my feet. So here I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So what I'm really impressed with um, in your story is how much you seem to be focused on not only your craft of event planning, but also the massive improvements of the industry. So you aren't just passive in terms of like, I'm just going to work as an event planner and, you know, just kind of stay in my bubble. Clearly from all of the little tentacles you have spread around the industry, you're trying to just make it a better place for all of us to work. So where did that passion come from and, and sort of like getting out of your singular lane of just doing event planning, but also really advocating for the industry as well? Yeah, I think it comes from just having a little bit of spunk and being a little <laughs> bit of a rebel because I noticed early on that I was always kind of question, questioning the norm, right? So if there was a process in place for any job that I've been in and it didn't make any sense or it was antiquated or outdated or it didn't, you know, it wasn't efficient, I was always that person that was like, wait a minute and kind of ringing the bell, <laughs> right? Um and in let's how how many years had I been in the industry at that point? Several years. I'd been in the industry for five plus years, and I wasn't like I was a part of all of the industry organizations, the MPIs, the PCMAs, everything that you could think of, and you know, trying to find my tribe and my community and my group. And I just felt like there weren't any resources that I wanted to see for elevating women. Mm-hmm. And I always have felt really strongly for elevating other voices. It's like, if I have a platform and I have a voice, like why not put more voices forward? We're truly stronger together. So that's always been kind of a driving force for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I brought together a group of like really strong, amazing women. And I said, look, I really think that we need an association and a community just to support women and provide women resources in the events industry. And um, let me tell you, there were a lot of challenges challenges in getting there. Um, I went to a lot of mentors, a lot of supporters, a lot of um, people in the industry who were just like, look, this, why would you do this? this these things already exist. Or mm, yeah. look, there's not a problem. We don't need an association for women. Women are already there. Um, and of course we knew that they weren't because I think the statistic at the time was, um, I think it was the, the meetings industry is made up of over 70, 78% women. And yet only five, three to 5% held C-suite level positions. So only a small number were representative 
representative and leadership positions. So I was like gung-ho. I was like, look, you know, okay, I'm facing a little opposition here. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And and so glad that I did because it turned into this incredible community um, that we now have that supports women in the events industry. And community is the right word because there are so many like great supportive um, cheerleaders and mentors Mm -hmm. and coaches um, that have come together um, to help women rise and find jobs and challenge the norm. And, um, you know, it started there. It grew into um, underneath AWE uh, launching the Events Industry Sexual Harassment Task Force, um, which was something I had felt passionate about for many years. And unfortunately, I was sexually assaulted in the events industry during an event by a colleague, by a colleague. So I felt super, super strongly that there were there was nothing in place um, for me, for people like me. I had no idea where to report it. I had no idea if there were resources on how to manage or how to survive or how to stop it in my organization in the future, how to stop it at my events. So I had built this plan for this task force um, years before it finally got picked up. And I had gone, I'd beaten down the door of like every event industry um, group group and just nobody was ready. Everybody was so afraid to touch sexual harassment Um, until I think it was 2017 and um, hashtag me too and hashtag meetings too um, Mm. were trending, unfortunately trending. And finally I went to these groups again and I said, look, if now is, if, if it's not the time now, like when, when, so um, they were all ready to get on board and we brought together PCMA and MPI and IAEE and EIC and IMEX got on board and GBTA and I could go on and on. So many groups signed up and they were finally willing to tackle this. Um, and now it lives under the events industry council. So the pledge that we put together, the resources we put together. I'm super excited that it lives under EIC as it should. They're the gold standard for, you know, all of the, the great, um, just standards in the events industry. So I'm super glad that they are behind it and took it and ran with it. Yeah. My gosh, congratulations on that. And just a hearty thank you for, for stepping forward and just you know, providing that space for particularly women who I, I, you know, naively, as you were talking, I was like, oh my God, of course that would be something we need to be thinking about, you know? Um, So are there statistics on the, like how many women in the industry um, face uh, sexual harassment in a year? Yeah. You know, there have been a lot of studies and people are still at kind of a point where they're not willing to come forward. Mm -hmm. And if have you heard of Courtney Stanley and Sarah Solomon Dodden? Mm. They um, they actually specialize. They they brought forward um, hashtag meetings too, and they specialize okay. in eradicating sexual assault, specifically in the events industry. So they have amazing data resources. They run programs. They'll come into your workplace. They'll come to your events. They'll run programs around this topic. So they're really the the data resource for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if we can provide your listeners with their link, yep, we should definitely. definitely. Do that. Yep, we'll definitely get those into the the show notes. So, so thank you for that. So, wow, that's that's like super powerful stuff. So thank you so much for your dedication to the industry and just to women in general. So, um, the Association for Women in Events is um, talk, talk through that a little bit. Are there chapters around the country? Is it a, a national organization? How do women who perhaps aren't in your local market um, get engaged? Yeah, well, there's a little bit of a COVID and resilience story here. So we'll kind of talk about that for a second. I mean, how much time do we have? Do we have like three hours? (laughs) We do. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Great, great, great. So the 501c3 organization the Association for Women and Events, AWE, actually had to sunset at the end of April as a membership organization. We were an international organization, international international virtual organization. Um, we had communities, but not chapters. Um, over a thousand members. We had incredible support. But as you know, with mm-hmm. COVID, with coronavirus, with the shift, with the pivot, I hate that P word. Every mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to make know. it into a drinking game, right? I hate it. Yeah. But um, Um, the reality kind of set in around April of this year. And we had a moment where 
we were like, we can't in good conscience ask for funding from these amazing organizations like PSAV and Freeman and other groups that were Mm -hmm. funding us, but also, you know, having to go through their own cuts and layoffs. And we couldn't ask our, um, you know, our meeting planners to pay $200 a year to be a part of this community that they like desperately needed when they, they didn't have a job. So we made the hard decision at the end of April to sunset the official organization. We're now um, a free Facebook community called elevator elevate her lounge Um, so if you're if you're searching for us that's where we live now we're free there's no official board committee membership it's all free Um, and it's been kind of an incredible shift so I'm more more proud of it than ever Um, can't wait to see what happens after live events come back like would love to have our um, annual conferences again and Mm -hmm. meet in person but for now this has been like the most incredible shift and has been a really good um, a really good thing for us and for the industry. That's awesome. Good for you for keeping it up, even what, whatever format it, it needs to be given current events. So yeah. thank you for that. Um, tell us about events from black and white, oh, black to white, excuse me. So um, yeah. obviously, still, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what motivated you to start that conversation with Derek? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously I'm into elevating people, right. Mm -hmm. And into, um, just making sure that we're highlighting important things in the events industry, that they're not just trends, that they don't just go away, um, after an article or a couple of days or that, that sort of thing. So, um, after the death of George Floyd, I reached out to Derek Johnson, one of my colleagues, um, who I had met through PCMA. And I said, like, look, you know, how do we continue this conversation? Like, how do we not just let this be a trending moment? And how do we, you know, bring this to the events industry in a way where they can get comfortable with discomfort? Mm-hmm. And I have a little um, thing here, lean, lean into discomfort. That's kind of like what yep. I live by all of the, all of the time. But um, we decided just to launch kind of immediately um, a weekly discussion um, on racial inequality in the events industry and the greater world. Um, and we tackle pretty much everything from unconscious bias to changing the stage and kind of reversing mantles to, um, you know, white male panels to uh, representation on the stage of, from people of color and from women um, and everything in between. And we've had some great guests and we, we, come every week, 12 to 1230 Eastern, and we pick a topic. We don't prep. We don't research. We just Mm -hmm. go live. And Mm -hmm. the aim is to keep the conversation going, but also like lean into that discomfort. Like it may be an uncomfortable topic for me. I'm not a subject matter expert on it. I, I don't understand all the intricacies of it, but let's normalize it. So if people can watch someone like me come to the table and say, okay, this is cool. I don't understand it. I don't know about it. Like, let's talk it through. Then maybe that can affect change. And we thought that, you know, education, definitely important, but starting those discussions will be a catalyst for change over time. So Mm -hmm. that, I guess that was the impetus for behind all of this. Yeah. How important. What a great, what a great conversation to have. So if people want to listen in on that, is that through your website or what's the best way for them to join you in that conversation? Yeah, they can find it through um, a woman with drive.com. Um, we can also, I'm sure, drop the links into the chat or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Crowdcast.io um, backslash EB2W. So okay. it has its own space to live. You can sign up every week or you can watch the archives. We take, we tape everything. So great. you can go back and, and watch. And we have a lot of cool upcoming stuff happening that I'm excited to share with everyone. That's so great. So great. Such an important conversation that needs to keep being had. So, so let's talk a little bit about golf. You seem to have a propensity for the love of the, the, the game. So where has that come from? Have you always been a golfer? And then, um, what have you learned from golf that's helped you in business? Yes. Okay. So no, I have not been a lifer when it comes to golf meetings and events actually introduced me to golf. Um, I started attending as a guest, all of those, um, industry golf tournaments. And at first I didn't play. I just kind of drove around in the cart and then I started (laughs) playing and I was really, really bad. Um, and just like full disclosure, I'm still really, really bad. (laughs) 
but I love it. And I love the fact that like, it's a constant challenge and it's like life, right? Like you get ahead a little bit and I'm for, let's say three weeks in a row, I'm playing like so well. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to sign up for the LPGA. Like I am, I'm like tiger. Like I am, I am actually really good at this. And yeah. then it not on your ass, right? Like the next week you go out there and you've forgotten how to play. You can't hit the ball. And yeah. that constant challenge, like while it like, you know, irks me to death because I'm a, I'm a perfectionist and I kind of only like to do things that I'm good at, <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, it keeps me roped in. And I guess that's what keeps all of us bad golfers roped into the game. Mm-hmm. Those like good moments. Right. right. And that's kind of like life, right? Yes. It's not all good. It's not all good, especially right now. But if we can like lean in to those positive moments and to the good moments and like hold on to that, that's kind of what yeah. we're here. That's what life is about. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so as I, as I mentioned at the top, I think I, your website, a woman with drive is, is beautifully done. It's so well laid out. So what is your goal with, um, with that, with the focus of that website? Yeah. Well, let me take you back to the beginning because the beginning okay. was, let's see, February, March. Okay. So, um, AWE was sunsetting and okay. I was going to have a lot of time on my hands because I was executive director of the organization and I don't do well with not having 40 different <laughs> hobbies. Yeah. And I was, I was kind of in that funk that we all got into, um, once COVID hit and once the reality hit, right? It wasn't just COVID. COVID happened for a few months and we were all kind of like, rah, rah, live events are going to happen again. No big deal. Yep. Um, but you know, I, I kind of froze like everyone else. Like I was kind of like, okay, I can either really dig into this funk or I can do something else. Mm -hmm. And my something else project was this blog that I've always wanted to launch, but I've never had the time for, right? We're all traveling nonstop. It's crazy. Our lives are crazy. And I've always been like, oh, I'd love to share, you know, some of my leadership lessons, some of my life lessons I would love to share, but I don't have time to, I don't have time to build a site. Mm-hmm. But um, I had a girlfriend come to me. She's a speaker in the events industry. And she was like, hey, um, by the way, I talked to a lot of uh, country clubs and golf courses. And I just threw your name into the ring for to be a speaker about what you do. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I better get a website. <laughs> <laughs> I better pull myself together. So it looks like a labor of love, but it came together in about three days. Yeah. I found a website designer um, who was amazing. Clearly, I threw a bunch of photos at her. She's like, I'm going to need some copy. Like, what do you want me to write? And I'm like, oh, can't just be pictures. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. So I kind of brain dumped and sent her photos and that's kind of where it started. And it's, there's definitely been an evolution. Like I've, I've added some podcast stuff. I've added, um, I've started speaking now since, um, since COVID, since the time of COVID, um, I've been speaking a lot. So now I have a speaker page and I've done a lot of interviews. So it's kind mm-hmm. of morphed from this blog, um, into, uh, speaking into, I started coaching and mentoring in the Great. industry. And I started yeah. to help people that have, um, been stuck kind of like I got stuck for a quick second, but have been stuck for a little bit longer or Mm -hmm. have lost their job or have just lost like the love for the industry with everything that's going on. So I've been doing a little bit of life coaching. And so that's kind of the evolution right now. So it's, it's a little bit of, um, a little bit of everything. Yeah, that's great. Good for you. So what is, what is your message to people who are in the event industry? And here we are in the midst of COVID with no light at the end of this tunnel for us all. What is your message to people who are either wanting to transition into it and, you know, about the time COVID hit, so not a lot of opportunity and or the people who have been in it for a while and have lost their spark? You know, where where do you see us on the other side of COVID? Yeah. Um, so my first message is that the events industry is still hiring right now. There are plenty of opportunities that I see come across all of the forums that I'm a part of, mm-hmm. all of the Slack channels, um, at Indeed, all of your regular places on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. We are alive, not in the same way, maybe not on um, for live events. For there are still some live events, but um, if you're into virtual and planning virtual events, if you can run Zoom rooms, if you want to be a project manager, um, there are still people hiring. So there is mm-hmm. hope. I don't want yeah. people to. Lose 
lose hope, right? If you want, if you're like us, right, you're diehard, you're in for life. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's a space for you. There's a place for you. It's just kind of holding on. Um, you know, I do a lot of talks on challenging people to utilize this time that feels really paralyzing and kind of shitty, to be honest, um, to take that time to step back and find out what you really love. Mm-hmm. And first of all, make sure that it's this industry because this yep. is a great time to do that check with it deep within yourself because maybe you're doing events and you've been doing events for 20 years because that's what you do. And mm-hmm. we get in these cycles where it's like produce event, it's done, birth the baby, move on. And it's, yep. and it's great, but we get so caught up in that, that we never really take that time to step back and figure out like what we really love. Mm-hmm. So I have been challenging people to strip away your event planner or event industry uh, role and really look at yourself and use this time to kind of dig in and do you really love um, cooking? Maybe mm-hmm. do you want to do a virtual cooking show instead? Do you want to be mm-hmm. an influencer? Do you want right. to, do you want to be on the event marketing side or just the marketing side? Or do you want to mm-hmm. do PR, event PR or other PR? Right. You know, there's so right. many avenues and so many, like you said, translatable skills. Yep. Definitely. Maybe this is your time to shift. And maybe you look inside yourself and you find something else and you do have those translatable skills. We yeah. are all project managers, right? We are all logistic managers and people managers and contract negotiators. And Mm -hmm. those are, you know, roles that are completely translatable against across any industry. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Having, again, I keep going back to the positive mindset. I'm not a woo-woo person. I don't (laughs) that you don't think that I am, but I'm leaning into it a little bit because I think this is a great time for us to kind of like look within and introspect and like give ourselves that gift where we kind of dig in and figure out where we want to be. Yeah, no, I agree. I think this time, if nothing else, has really um, been an opportunity for people to do some soul searching, to, to, you know, take those classes online or workshops online that they felt like they never had time for. Like, I think one of the saddest things that could come out of this whole experience is that you're the same person as when you went in to COVID, right? Like we all need to have been focused on just so, you know, personal development, career development, you know, it's a great opportunity for networking. It's, you know, and if you are playing small in this moment, then, you know, you've got to get yourself out of that mindset and into a place of it's the time to be, be big. There might not be huge business opportunities at the moment, but there's huge opportunity in terms of time to be using that time well spent. Yes. Um, and, And, Agreed. And I have actually a mentoring someone right now who started her own consulting business and it's mm-hmm. taking off and she is finding clients pretty easily and it's fire for her. Yeah. And I'm so proud of her because not only is she starting a consulting business in the middle of a pandemic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's like, it's taking off. So it just goes to show you, like if your heart and your passion is in it and you have that fire, yeah. like we can make it work. We don't have to yeah. be mentally stuck. We don't have to, you know, it's really easy to be in the poor me mentality right now. Like I was there, I get it. There are days when I'm still there. I feel for our industry. I told you I have survivor's guilt, right? Yeah. We are all feeling for our industry, but there is definitely, Mm -hmm. there's hope and a light at the end of the tunnel and so much more that we can be leaning into. Um, I always love to tell people about my story about Coursera. I don't know if you've ever been to that site and taken courses through it, but no, I know I, of it, but I haven't taken one. Yeah. So I think everyone found out about Coursera through Yale, the science of well-being uh-huh. course that uh-huh. they did, right? Yep. Have you heard of that? Yes, I have. So I decided like 16,000 other of my colleagues to take it because I was like, I don't know what to do right now. I guess I'll do that. Um, and when I put po- at the end, when I posted what I had done in my little certificate from Yale on Facebook and LinkedIn, I got three offers to talk about happiness and how to bring joy to your virtual events immediately afterwards. And cool. I had really shied away from being an industry speaker. I didn't feel like I had a story, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to lean into this. Like I'm going to lean into something that scares me. I have the time, like I'm going to give back in this way. And just from being curious, just from taking that free course on Coursera, I kind of launched this whole speaking career that I didn't know could exist for me. So I I love to tell people that because it's like, okay, it was free. I didn't think it was going to lead to anything, but you never know what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. There's so much time to be curious right now, which is, which is really a blessing, you know, which is really, really a blessing. So um, who do you look up to professionally? 
Are there been mentors for you in your career in life? Oh yeah. Oh yes. I have tons of mentors. Um, I, I won't go and name them all here, but, um, some of the industry people I like outside of the industry people that I love, um, Sarah Blakely Spanx, uh-huh. the founder of Spanx. Yep. A little badass. Um, I have some coaches that I've been talking with and working with that are just amazing. And I highly suggest everyone think about getting a coach. Um, I was not coachable before COVID. <laughs> it was just not one of those people that believed in coaching. I totally believe in it now. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a lot of really amazing male mentors that believed in what I was doing that sat on my board of directors for the association for women at events once at launch. So I am surrounded by people that, um, I'm sort of, I I get obsessed with, right? Like that's what I always say, like people, and people are coming into my life constantly, especially now um, that we're connecting virtually through LinkedIn and through um, the the conferences that I'm speaking at and through the podcast and everything else. Um, my network has grown exponentially since yeah. um, this whole thing started, really. Yeah. I was so hesitant to have a coach in the beginning, uh, especially when I started my business. I used to kind of admittedly have the mindset, like, what's wrong with these people? Like, why can't they just figure it out? Like, why do you have to have someone else help you? And then, and then somebody, you know, reminded me going back to golf, like Tiger Woods even has a coach, you know, like there are, you know, professional athletes still have to be coached. Right. So, so I, I did, I did, um, go down that path and it, at various times, um, being a business owner, I have had, um, a coach and there's something about you're never as, um, productive as, you know, the, the couple of days leading up to that next coaching call. Cause you're like, Oh, I got to really get myself, you know, together here, but it's, it's nice to have somebody who, you know, cares about you and your success, but also won't really, you know, accept or listen to your bullshit too, you know, which is, which is really, that's important. You have to have that because some, you know, your family won't always be that person who will sort of keep it real for you. So um, yeah, I, I agree. I think that's an important thing that, you know, it, you know, it might not be something you need every single day, but there's definitely seasons when that, you know, when bringing somebody else into, into your business um, has just been a huge tool in terms of, you know, keeping the longevity uh, of my business around. So yeah, good. So in the spirit of the um, podcast being called the big ask, um, have you ever had to make a big ask? And if so, what was it? And what was your process for getting there? Yeah. I mean, I touched on it just a little bit. My biggest ask was going to the executive committee and the board of directors of the association for women and women and events and making that case Um, not to tear down everything we had done, but to Mm -hmm. completely flip the script and to, we we were on this trajectory to do X, Y, and Z and to expand and to go here and there. And it was amazing. And I had to be the person that kind of put the kibosh on it to turn us around um, and do a 180 and ask everyone to get behind me Mm -hmm. um, and to get on board. Right. And the same with anything that I've done, AWE, um, events from black to white. Like I'm, I'm sitting there, I I'm asking people all of the time (laughs) to jump on board to things that are uncomfortable or new, um, or different. Um, and so I feel like my life is a big ask. (laughs) Yeah, good. I love that. I love that. I love that. So is, if somebody was feeling uncomfortable about making a big ask, what would be your best advice? I talk about this a lot and I'm like, girl, get, or or guy, get uncomfortable with being uncomfortable because we are, Mm -hmm. I mean, if we're not living it right now, right? Like we are all so uncomfortable with so many of the things that are happening. And if we could just lean in Mm -hmm. and instead of waking up uncomfortable and having that anxiety about like what's next, but just lean in and have that, um, you said it earlier, that curiosity. I say that all the time, that wonder kind of going back to like your childhood, just Mm -hmm. that childhood spirit of like, well, what's next? What could be next? Like this is such a different time in changing your mentality. I think it's all about positioning position, position, repositioning things and grasping the positive. So um, it's not going to be comfortable and you are going to get no, and you are going to fail at Mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. But I think the best advice that I could give people is that failure um, and no, it's just not the end. It's not like 
you know, that's not a, the curtain closes, right? Like right. there are so many lessons that come out of that and growth. Mm-hmm. Um, discomfort equals growth in my mind. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I always preach. So you just yeah. got to get used to it. Right. And I think too, people just think it's like no door slams and that's it. And, and so right. often it's, it's no, but, and let no me but. offer this instead, or have you thought about this? And so it's not, you know, a no isn't just a no. It often comes with a lesson or a learning opportunity or some way for you to think about, you know, something differently. I mean, I was right. just, you know, I, I was on a call yesterday with somebody sort of inviting them to, to partner and um, it was a no, but, um, but it led to a whole other conversation that's not that's going to then now help our organization my client uh, just to get better. So, you know, yeah. some people could have hung up the phone and been like, well, he said no. And, you know, now what are we going to do? I looked at it as, oh my God, what great feedback that I got. So it wasn't, I didn't get a yes to my initial question, but I got a whole lot more, which I think ultimately will lead to something beyond what my original ask was. And, 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 you know, I, I, that again goes back to curiosity of like, I wonder, here's an idea I have. That's always how I sort of approach it. Like, here's my idea. What do you think? This is kind of what I'm looking for, but I'd love to know what you are thinking. And it's amazing what that recipe suddenly becomes like all the ingredients, you know, that I've put in that you've put in. And then like, what can we create together? That for me is when I get fired up about like, what can we create together? There's no, there's, you know, endless opportunity here. And if you're only looking at the, the, the ask as a yes or no, you're going to be disappointed a big part of the time because, you know, often it is no, but it just keeps getting you closer to, to the yes or the new opportunity, which is going to be even better. So true. That's so good. And I tell people, um, like the only guarantee is that if you don't ask, you know, you're, you're not going to get anything. It's a hundred percent a no, if you don't do it. Right. Right. Ask big and, you know, shoot for the stars, dream big, ask big and Mm -hmm. see what happens. Yep. Exactly. And like just a layer underneath, right? Right. A hundred percent. I mean, for me, my, my, I'm always my big ass story that I tell is about how, and I've talked about this before on the podcast about how I wanted to work the London 2012 Olympics. And so I literally asked my way into that opportunity and kept asking people to help me to get to the ultimate Olympic experience and being able to work for, um, I was on a project for Visa, which is a major brand, you know, for, for the Olympics, a major sponsor. And I ended up because of my experience being the assistant to the CEO of Visa for the course of the games. Right. And so that is, I mean, I couldn't even, I didn't even know that was a job. Right. But you just kept, I kept asking my way into the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And, you know, it's where that, you know, experience and opportunity, you know, merge. And then all of a sudden you have, you know, this, 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 this blessing of, of an experience that I will hold dear for the rest of my life. But, but that wouldn't have happened had I sat in my office and just dreamt of one day working at the Olympics. Like I had to be proactive and said, and I even sent out an email I write about this in my book. I mean, I sent out an email to 130 people in my network that all I said was, would you recognize my name if it was in your inbox? So we didn't have to be best friends, but I just needed you to like, recognize my name. And then from there, I, I, I laid it out and I said, this is my dream. This is what I want to do. I want to go work at the Olympics. Somebody knows somebody who can help me make that happen. You know, here's my experience I can bring to the table. Um, and eventually that person was, you know, I found that right person. And then, you know, it snowballed into the most amazing opportunity. But um, had I never asked that question, I would have been home watching the Olympics instead of in the midst of it for eight weeks, you know? So, um, yeah. So the, the big ask for me is, 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 is really sort of the lens that I look at life through because I feel like there's just, you know, there's such missed opportunity because people are afraid to make that ask. So it's nice to meet a, a fellow big asker yeah. <laughs> who's, who's not afraid, right? Who's not afraid. Who's not I was afraid. So. Say fear. Fear is what keeps mm-hmm. us, you know, and I've, I've been a hundred percent afraid through all of it and somehow still push through and asked. So it yeah. can be done. Right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, it, and, and the more you do it, obviously the more confidence you get and, right. and you sort of refine your ask and all of those things. But um, you know, it is, it is amazing to me what, people will not ask for. Like, I'm like, just ask the question. Or if I don't know what you need, I don't know how to help you. 
Right. You know, so yeah. that's what I always say to my students or, or people that I'm mentoring. It's like, if you don't tell me, I have no idea. But as soon as you tell me, it's amazing how suddenly that little thing gets on my radar. I'll be reading an article. I'll see something online. I'll be like, oh my gosh, Carrie, you and I were just talking about this. Like, let me shoot this resource to you, you know, and then now that might snowball into something. But if I didn't know that you were, you know, interested in learning how to, you know, design and grow succulents, right? I wouldn't know to send you the succulent article I just read, you know? So that's the thing is that we have to be open to having those conversations and telling each other what it is that we need so that we know how to help each other. And vulnerable, right? You're really going to have to be vulnerable. You can't just be close to cuff with your feelings and what you want. You got to put it out into the universe Mm -hmm. and you have to be be vulnerable. And I think that that's like led me to the most success, just like being authentic and honest yeah. And, yeah. you know, not putting, you know, taking away the smoke screen and just being right. authentically right. me for better or for worse. Right. Yeah. But just yeah. like leaning right. into that aspect of yeah. who I am. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, um, what is your process? So how do you keep yourself organized? What are you reading, finding inspiration from, you know, all the things where, what are the feel good things? Yeah. I always tell people like I'm super ultra organized and I get a ton of work done, but I'm one of those people that like I black out and it's all done. Right. Like I couldn't, like if someone's going to ask me to, to like my boss, if they were to ask me like, what did, what have you done the last month? I'd be like, um, I don't know. Like, I don't, <laughs> no idea. It's all done. But like, you know, yeah. I have, I'm a list person. Yep. Um, I keep 11 emails or less in my inbox at any given oh, that's time. That's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, it's my to-do list. And I I feel like I'm one of those anxiety riddled people, right? I got to get it done. Um, I don't have notifications on my phone. So there, you know, I'm not one of the people with like 30,000 emails in my inbox that would drive me insane. So uh-huh. I think, you know, combination of OCD and type A personality and being a Capricorn <laughs> and all of those other stuff. It's just like, it's, it's a little bit of magic. It's my superpower. Um, I am reading the uh, power of positivity right now. Okay. And um, I am obsessed with the desire map by Danielle Lepore. Obsessed. Okay obsessed. I had um, a girlfriend slash keynote speaker in the events industry mail it to me as a gift. And I was like, okay, what? I don't need this. And I I did. It kind of leads into everything I was talking about, about like um, stripping away the professional stuff and finding out what really Mm -hmm. moves you and Mm -hmm. how you want to feel every single day. So it's it's kind of a guide on how to get to that point, how to tap into Mm -hmm. that point, especially when you're like me and it's all professional and it's all on all of the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never taken that step back to look at like what I loved and what, how do I want to feel each day? And mm-hmm. you know, the professional stuff I got down, all the other stuff, it was kind of like, I'm just going to keep shoving that deep down. <laughs> right. So, desire map. Um, I preach it from the top of the mountains. Um, highly suggest that everyone. That's great. It. Yeah, no, that's great. That's awesome. So you're obviously incredibly busy and committed um, to the industry, but are there any causes that um, you are passionate about outside of the event industry? Um, no, you know, not really. My whole life has been invested in the <laughs> yeah. industry, so I don't really yeah. have a time for a lot more. Um, I told you I adopted a couple kittens, feral kittens mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks. So that just puts even more on my plate. Um, <laughs> you know, for me, it's it, right now, I'm being a little bit selfish. I'm trying to foster my relationships and friendships and um, colleagues. So I'm, I'm leaning into myself right now. Good for you. Extracurricular project outside of all the other things I do for the events industry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that, you know, kind of fostering relationships, like you said, I mean, that's kind of one of the things I've paid attention to during this whole, um, COVID period is who is reaching out and who isn't reaching out. You know, I think if you sort of took stock of like the people who have regularly, you know, kind of checked in, how's it going versus the people who might have had a bigger presence in your life, you know, when life was quote normal, but now all of a sudden they've kind of disappeared. I'm sort of fascinated by um, who's showing up in, in our lives at, at this point. So yes, um, I am a psychology major at heart. Like I still love <laughs> all components of sociology and human behavior. And uh-huh. my circle has shifted completely after yep. um, the pandemic started and, you know, for better, 
actually yep. for better. So I'm yep. really, really grateful. Um, but it, you know, it's been hard on all of this. It's been hard to mm-hmm. stay connected and to reach out. And so I'm just trying to like get back there myself to yeah. give myself, you know, to other people and to yeah. reassess my circles, like you said as well. Yeah. It's I, I, in the beginning, I, I've been a bit more remiss, but in the beginning I used it as an opportunity. I, I created a list of kind of different categories of, you know, people I looked up to professionally or like dear friends, that kind of thing. And I actually sent handwritten notes to, to them just as a, you know, thinking of you, thinking of you during COVID, that kind of thing. Thank you so much for being important in my life. And, um, and that was just really fun to sort of take that old school approach. And actually, you know, they, they'd send me a picture of the card they got in the mail, like totally unexpected, right? When do we ever physically get fun mail anymore? Um, But I would just encourage people to do kind of that same exercise of, you know, sort of make these categories or, you know, there we, I have, uh, these lifelong friends of ours who just have this beautiful marriage and, and I, you know, sent a card just to say, you know, that inspires me. Like, I just love your love story, you know? And so it doesn't have to be anything massive. It can just be that, you know, that little token of gratitude, but, um, but so well received by the people who have received one of those cards um, from me and fun to just kind of think about, you know, when you look at a a list of names, like what is it about that person that you, you know, are inspired by? Um, So just as something to, you know, kind of add another thing to our, to our plate, but um, as we're kind of reevaluating relationships all through this and getting back, you know, what part of, what part of normal are we all trying to get back to? I think is a, it's been a great lesson as well. Right. I did that too. I actually, I'm going to do one for you while, while we're here, (laughs) but I have these cards and I'm going to pick one for you. I do that. Okay. Sometimes I mail them. Like you said, sometimes I just get on a zoom with someone. Um, Okay, yours is, I am one with everyone on the planet. Every time I meditate or do a visualization for healing, I'm connected with like-minded people all over the world. Perfect. Good one. That is a good one. Like that's your card. No one else gets that one. That one. That's it. I like sharing that. I like sharing those little moments, little touch moments Mm -hmm. that we can't do in person, but it's it's kind of special. So I agree with you. I love a handwritten note. Love a handwritten note. Absolutely. That the art of a handwritten note has never gone away. It is, it is still so, so great to get one of those in the mail, isn't it? Yep. So definitely. So what are you currently working on that excites you? I know your, your website is kind of your, your new passion in that whole, you know, that's led to speaking and blogging and all those things, but is there anything else that you're working on that's really exciting you right now? Yeah, I've, you know, I'm dabbling in the mentorship and coaching realm and, you know, I'm not sure where that's going to go, but I've, I'm, I'm dreaming big with it and I'm super Good. excited and I'm kind of putting together and again, dabbling uh, with the idea of putting together a 16 week coaching program. Mm. Um, for women, for, you know, life, business, professional, otherwise. So yeah, pouring a lot into that right now and just excited by the idea of it. Um, you know, I don't want live events to go away. I am, you know, a meeting planner for life, but I am also a smart woman that knows that I need to have a backup plan. Yeah. Um, I hope my job isn't listening to this, but, <laughs> but they know, you know, that I want to hone other skills and I want to, you know, I want to have other skills too. Even if the world just, you know, we wake up tomorrow and it's all the same. I'm excited that I have these new skills. Um, yeah. I've been really excited about speaking and, you know, um, elevating, spreading my message and elevating women and um, others in the meetings industry. So it's just been, I don't know, it's just a really exciting time. Yeah. Good for you. Well, you've got a lot of balls in the air, which you seem to be juggling very successfully. So, uh, and the industry is better because of your dedication. So thank you so, so much for that. So we're going to end our podcast with the rapid fire questions. Um, So no right or wrong answer, no judgment from me. I'll just ask a question and move on to the next, um, the next topic. So um, are you ready? Ready. Okay, perfect. Title of your lifetime movie. Oh, uh, I've been there, done that. Awesome. If you could change places with any celebrity right now, who would it be? Oh, goodness. Okay, this is not rapid fire. I do that. I'm terrible at this. Um, <laughs> oh, celebrity. Okay, it's going to sound so funny because no one's going to know who this is, but um, Chriselle Strauss or Strauss, uh-huh. sorry, Selling Sunset. Um, uh-huh. On Dancing with the Stars, just got divorced. She's at this Uh like awesome time in her life where I think she can like grab the bull by the horns and like do so much. So I'm super excited for her. 
Oh, that's awesome. Okay, good. When do you feel happiest? Um, when I'm in front of my fireplace with a book, I have some downtime or like you said, writing those, um, letter, like actually physically writing letters to people that I love or with my new kittens now. Yeah. Perfect. Good, good. If you were running for politics, what would be your biggest campaign promise? Oh, pass on that. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, that I would cut the bullshit. Uh Uh-huh. Good. Perfect. We need that. Ultimate dinner party, which four guests do you invite and why? Oh, okay. Oprah's definitely one. Um, Oh, these are, this is the worst because I'm one of those people, like I need to like sit and go through and really think about this. Um, well, Oprah's going to bring Gail, of course, no big deal. Okay. You got to have your friends there. It's got to be super comfortable and fun. Um, and you know, I'd probably just bring two of my friends because I don't feel the need to like, you know, hang out with celebrities or yep. big historic people from my past. Like I'm really happy with what I have going on now, but I right. think my friends would want to meet Oprah. Sure. <laughs> Good one. Yes. Yeah. That would be, you know, Hey, do you want to come over for dinner with yeah, Oprah right, on Friday? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Right. This minute you have to get a tattoo. What do you get and why? Mm, um, something to do with travel. I'm okay. sure like my heart is missing travel. So yeah. maybe the, the world map and a big heart over it or something. Um, yeah. I'm not a tattoo person at all. So no. I'm sure that's terrible, but, um, you know, my heart is missing the road for sure. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. I was in Mexico last week for a, for a client and, uh, or two weeks ago, and it was so fun to like actually get my passport out, you know, and it, like the moths like came out of it. Cause I, you know, it had, yeah, cause it'd been, you know, been a minute since I needed to have my passport. So, um, wow. it is funny how those of us who do spend a lot of time on the road, how, you know, in the beginning it was so nice. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm grounded. And then now you're kind of like, okay, we're ready. Like, let's, let's get back to it, you know? So, okay. All right. Biggest pet peeve in business. Um, people not responding in a timely matter. Got it. What's your wish for the next generation? Oh, that maybe the political parties that are in place do go away and we reinvent the system. It's not great. Yeah. And not working. Yeah. I would. Yes, I think so. When does your light shine the brightest? Ooh. Um, when I am feeling love from family and friends and colleagues and yeah, yeah, I'm just feeling the love. Good for you. Okay, great. Last one. What is your big ask either personal or professional right this minute? And how can we help you? Ooh, okay. Um, my big ask is that everyone listening, um, visit the blog, join the blog, listen to what I have to say. And more importantly, if anything resonates with you, please reach out to me. Like I want to hear about it. I want to be a part of your network. I want to know you. I truly, truly mean that. I'm not just saying it. I get nothing from my blog, no money, nothing <laughs> else. Like I just want to know you and I want to know if my, um, what I'm doing is, is helping you or resonating in any sort of way. Yeah. Well, Carrie, you are awesome. So thank you so much for everything you've done to elevate our industry and to just help women in general, just be, you know, help them to live their best life. So I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. And most importantly, thank you for saying yes to my big ask to being on the podcast. So I wish you, I wish you all the best and we'll make sure uh, beyond your website, which is a woman, um, give it to me again, the website. A woman with drive.com. Okay, perfect. It, Suddenly, I doubted myself. Um, we'll we'll get that up in the show notes so that everybody can uh, can connect with you. And what about on social? What is your handle on social? I have two carry.golf on Insta or uh, woman underscore with underscore dri- woman with drive. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with all of us and all the thank best you. to you. You're the yeah. best. Thank you, Nicole. Thank Appreciate you. It. You bet. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Big Ass Podcast. Like what you heard? Subscribe to and share the podcast with your friends. And be sure to connect with me on social at Miss Nicole Matthews or at Big Ass Podcast. Until next time, let today be the day you make a big ask. 